It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of World Cup Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. We are in the thick of it now. The knockout stages of the World Cup have started, and to talk you through it, I am your host, Chris, and joining me today, I have got Yao, Yak, and Babs. Gentlemen, how are we all doing? We've just seen two pretty decent fixtures when it's all said and done uh, to kind of kick off this knockout stage of the World Cup. Initial thoughts and feelings? We we were very close to having a dramatic second game then. Very close. But a good day of football. Good day of football, nevertheless. Yeah, there's no complaints from me on, on this end. I think if you want to start off the, the next round of uh, knockouts, this, this was two good games. Not good games in terms of quality, but good games in terms of goals and drama um, hmm. to, to fill your palate. So, yeah, and Yak is right, you know. Oh, they, you could have had some real drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you think about it, it could have been really, really tense because a lot of other opportunities were missed. You know, and so, um, oh man, now that I think about it, I kind of wish we had it. <laughs> oh, well. I, was, I, I, thought, I thought I had bets on that there was going to be an extra time today, but. Hey, your one from yesterday um, when you got uh, sanctimoniously robbed of that, what was it, like a couple hundred quid from that? Uruguay penalty oh, not it, been given. It would have been. It would have been two hundred if they'd have got one of the penalties. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And I'm then so... another two hundred if they'd have got through. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, but for the greater good, Ghana had to make sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Calm, yeah. <laughs> calm. Hey, we're all going home. We're all going home. We saying yo, we saying yo, you got to drag them down with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, listen, I'm long for the days of real footballing national hatred you know oh, all of this yeah. nice nice stuff when england used to really hate germany i was like oh this is this is what it's really about ghana hates uruguay uruguay hates us i hope that goes on for the rest of my life <laughs> 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 honestly 
Honestly, there's not a World Cup they can get into from this point on where I want them to do well. Even if it means that they need to win in order for Ghana to get through, I'd rather they lose. That's how much the hatred is. And I'm yeah, we need more of that. We need more of that. We, we need, need more it. of that. That's why. That's why I get like weirdly into the whole Switzerland Serbia thing. There's like I know there's, there's some proper hatred there, and it's like I need that. I need that in my life. What's 100%. it? They do the little the, the little vertical. I don't want to do it in case I get a nelkud. You know, you don't you don't know which way <laughs> is correct. Um, but <laughs> they do the little bird signal and it's on. Ah, stress. Tell man. Uh, ja- I was I was very uh, very into Xhaka fronting the entire uh, Serbia bench yesterday as it all kicked off. That was uh, that was some really good stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously before we start start kicking into stuff, um, please follow Touchline Fracas on all good social media platforms. Of course, Instagram, Twitter, and of course TikTok for all of the content needs. Um, and if you are an American listener, do tune in to our sessions on AMP, Amazon's uh, new live music platform. Unfortunately, if you are American, we're going to have to tell you to hold that first and foremost after today's results. But do tune in and listen and give us a good review. There's only one place to start off, really. And um, it is Argentina 2, um, Australia 1. And we have to obviously talk about the GOAT playing in his 1,000th game. 789 goals now. Overtakes Diego Maradona in terms of Argentina goals all time. Lionel Messi, if there was one performance today that personifies how that man has evolved and just been consistent over the years, it is today. And Babs, I'll let you lead off the congregation with the with the praise for Messi. As you're watching that game today, as you knew the stakes that were on the table, you just knew he was going to step up and deliver. And the goal he scores is just a capsulation of his career in one. Big facts, big facts. And just before the show started, uh, me and I were speaking and we said, you know, the, the biggest, you know, the best kept secret in football is that Lionel Messi is left-footed. And guess what? There's absolutely nothing you can do to stop that left foot from bringing an absolute masterstroke of just magic, you know? Whether it be him scoring the goal, you know, giving Lotaro Martinez thousands of chances, you know, to finally eat, <laughs> but him, you know, refusing to, you know, eat his food. Boy, what can we say, man? This guy, you know, when you look at the attacking talent that Argentina have been blessed with, you know, the Agueras, the Higuains, you know, the, the list just goes on when you, when you think about it. I mean, you think about the guys that have actually performed outside of him. At, at a glance, you've only got Di Maria. And it's quite worrying, you know, when you think about a team which has had that much attacking talent having to rely solely on Messi, especially at this age of his career. But mm-hmm. come of the hour, come of the man and, well... He did nothing today but perform, man. It, it, it was it was perfect on the on the thousandth game, you know, of his career. You know, him having a traditional, you know, trademark cut in on his left, you know, put it into the bottom corner, finish. And yeah, what, what else can I say? Um, the, what, what, before before I get into the performance, I will say I was a bit um, shocked that Romero came back in, not because of the fact that I don't think he's a good centre back, but more so just to do the lack of football he's played and how good um, Lissandra has been of recent, but. I mean, he put mm. a decent performance up today. There were a couple shaky moments, but, you know, he, he came out of it. But, yeah, what, what can I say, man? Lionel Messi, he, he just leaves you speechless. You know, we, we, I, I, I really have no words to say. No words to see. Like, when you think about it, I can't think of any other player that's, you know, given me so much joy throughout my life for the, for the majority of it. You know, from as early as 2006, you know, even, if, even him dunking on us at Stamford Bridge. You know, Del Horno. We, we, we didn't see that guy after that. We didn't see that guy after that. And even till today, 20, 2022, 18 years of pure joy, 
pure footballing bliss. But yeah, what, what, I'll leave it to you guys to, to go on from there. Yeah, I, th- I think th- it's the true. Thing is with... Go on. Go on. No, go on. Yeah, go on. I was going to say the, the thing is with Messi is like with other great players, there always seems that like that element of like it still takes a bit of luck. Like you look at some of the goals Ronaldo has scored and you think like he could do that another 10 times and they all go in different directions. But with Messi, it makes you, it reminds you how bad at football you are because it looks so replicable compared to what everybody else does on the pitch in the weirdest way. But you can't do it. You can't do it because no other player that's ever touched the pitch has been able to make it look that easy. You even look at players like Maradona and stuff. There's that, that, power side do you know what I mean that sheer will that like I'm going to create the lock and you're going to have bad luck sort of thing but with Messi it's just like it it never looks like he's doing a lot and no one can do anything about the little that he's doing it's just such a he's such a paradox of a footballer and it's games like this and those sorts of finishes he just passes it and you think like well everyone on that pitch is good at passing why can't everybody just pass it into the net but it's just it's not like that it's not how football works and he's he's playing a different game he's playing like he's playing like you would when you're playing with like younger siblings and younger family and that and it's all just calm you're not really trying and i'll just i'm just in awe of him man after all this time like bab said after all of these years we're still sat here like jaw dropped to the floor because he just makes he makes world cups and champions league finals he just makes it all look so easy it's, it's mad yeah you know what uh, you know a lot of us have been watching football for a very long time you know from young so that's a lot of mileage on the eyes but one thing I think is most frightening about Messi is the fact that his finishing capability for somebody that can go goals past three, four, you know, players quite easily. I wouldn't say he's like the greatest dribbler of all time. And what I mean by dribbling in terms of like the, you know, step over skills to get to beat past a man. But once he drops that shoulder and decides he wants to take you on a funky skank, you're, you're shifting. You're like, I don't understand it. Like it's left side, let's go. Right side legs goes, just cutting shapes for no reason. And so to have that capability and still manage to finish your dinner is what makes him, you know, obviously there's going to be many goats across many decades of football and all that kind of stuff, but he's right up there because it's frightening. Like even the goal he scored today, mate, I don't even understand because in my head I was like, Surely the defender just, you know, slides in, but he doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know he's just going to roll it on the, on the floor. For, for all he knows, he's going to smash it with pure power. And, it's, you know, he's put his leg up to try and block it. He's done what anyone else would do. But he's just he's like, now nah, I'm just going to pass it into the back of the net. You guys can pick it up later. You know, I'll, I'll meet you at the centre pitch. So, um, yeah, no, nah, he's frightening. Um, I, I don't, I don't actually want to see... This sounds a bit selfish, but I don't actually want to see him have a season of like pure regression. I'd I'd rather mm. I'd rather like even even if like, let's say at the end of this World Cup, you know, the end of the season he's like, yeah, I'm done with PSG, contract's done, I'm retired. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good way to go. That's a good way to go, kid. You know, because a lot of our greats 
you know, through injury, through, you know, many other reasons, probably tail, tailed off. Um, and we just remember their glory days because those last few years weren't so great. Mate, he's like, what, 35? And still frightening. Still frightening, even when he's walking <laughs> around the pitch. I think there's some, there's, there's an allure, and it's with every sport, like you said, yeah, and I think you put it really eloquently. There's just a, like an allure of kind of that old gunslinger going into battle kind of like one last time. You know he's still got it in him. And it's in every single sport. There's just something so captivating about that. And especially when you know they haven't regressed. He, he may have lost like an extra yard of pace, as Gary kept saying over and over again um, on BBC. But the ability he still has with the ball at his feet, the vision he has to create these chances and find the guys around him. As Bab, as Bab said earlier, right, to put these chances on a plate for Letaro Martinez, who I don't know what the, the Spanish for pretty one come my way is, but that was a, uh, a Latino <laughs> version of a pretty one come my way performance. Good God. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk into that in a bit, but it's just, yeah, you just get so mesmerized and there's a real joy and sense of, I can't believe I'm getting to see this over and over and over again. And you never really take it for granted when it comes to Lionel Messi. Um, the goal again, it's just such a personification of his performance and just how he is as a footballer. It's just an absolute pleasure to watch him week in, uh, week out, even if it is, um, you know, in uh, in League One or, or what it be. But yeah, selfishly, I, I kind of wanted to go to, uh, you know, if he does go to Inter Miami, hey, I will shine, I will shamelessly buy one of those pink jerseys and uh, wear it wherever uh, hey, life takes miss, me. Miss, hey, Chris, if if, he, if he's in Miami, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. It may, it may not just be for footballing reasons, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Babs will be doing it at Club Live. And um, I guess I don't even know what stadium they play in, but we'll, we'll, we'll be fine out when uh, Touchline Miami debuts in 2023. Boy, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the, 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 the Heat um, Stadium, but they've got a club on underground. So I don't know what they've got into Miami, but I'm, I'm trying to find out. <laughs> Investigative reporting coming up. <laughs> Let's go see what they cook in. Um, the Argentina performance itself, I thought was pretty good. Um, Julian Alvarez, yeah, I'm going to come to you. I know you've been speaking, I know you spoke quite highly of him kind of in the summer when he signed for Man City. His performance today was just kind of a little bit of a throwback performance in terms of what you kind of expect from a number nine recently. Do you want to talk a little bit on that and what your thoughts were from him today? Yeah, and you've already mentioned the other guy, Lautaro Martinez and there could not be more difference between their sort of performances, at least at the World Cup anyway. But yeah, I think a couple of us were speaking in the Kev chat about how Alvarez kind of, he's, he's almost he's almost like a sharper, younger uh, Diogo Jota. And I, I, I feel like he's out of the, the options, as it is anyway, he definitely, definitely, definitely looks like the perfect option to play up top for him because mm-hmm. he's he's busy. And like the commentator said, like we've seen, when you've got two of Papu Gomez, Di Maria and Messi playing, you don't really have the legs to press for 90. So having a striker like Alvarez that can sort of create his own chances, he's not necessarily waiting for the game to happen. He's getting involved. Um, he can do the legwork for Messi, but he's also got that um, that composure. He is a striker. He's not just one of these young, busy guys that looks good because he's running around everywhere. He's really talented. Um, and it's quite scary if for the for, for Netherlands anyway, looking against sort of Martinez, planning for that Martinez, Messi and Di Maria, you're sort of thinking like as long as we close 
Messi and Di Maria down. As long as we don't let him have shots from outside the area, we should be calm. But Alvarez throws a complete spanner in the works with that. Like it's such a difference. Um, uh, it's just it's just horrible that he plays for City, man. Like they, they've they've got another one. Like it's just, there we go. When Haaland <laughs> goes in two years, Alvarez will be Argentina's best player. And yeah, it's it's a sad sad life supporting the team that isn't City in the Prem, but. It's a joy to watch him playing for Argentina. I think um, bouncing off that, it's funny that you said um, maybe maybe you guys are obviously comparing him to um, obviously the Liverpool squad, which makes sense. Um, but for me, he gives me more of the young Tevez vibes. That's an I'm talking yeah. about Boca Tevez, not West Ham. Mm you know, United Tevez when he was a bit more um, mature. But the difference between him and, and Tevez is he's got he's got this frightening finishing ability. Like, and what I mean by that is like, there's some of his goals, the goal he scored today, got past the keeper, didn't even think twice, didn't take a second, to, just literally passed it. It's like, that's going right back to where it came from. Yeah. Now, most players, and understandably, would probably get get a touch to proper set themselves and then finish off the chance if they, you know, have the capability of doing it. He didn't even let the keeper or the defender get a chance. Just like, bang, touch, bang, in. And you got to take into consideration that, yes, City have done it. They've got another player that's just frightening off the, you know, off the bench or even if it's, as a starter. But if he stays injury-free with, and keeps developing at the rate that he's developing now, but we're in for some we're in for some very scary scary moments because this guy he just hounds you like he like think of Tevez at his very best when he could just stick it on an entire defensive line this is exactly what Alvarez does and uh, I'm I'm furious that he's at City I don't want to wish bad things upon his mm. career but I need to wish bad things upon City so one of the two <laughs> Yeah, no. But we've been manifesting some hate in this pod so far. Um, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> hey, let's get it cooking, man. Yeah, let's get it going, you know what I'm saying? Um, whoever is negotiating transfers for River, River Plate, though, um, listen, we need, we need to have a conversation because you might need to go to negotiation school. Um, think about it. Uh, Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez, both of them left for a combined 40 million euros uh, in the previous summer. It's looking a bit peak. Uh, I'm hoping there's some form of sell-on clauses involved in there because, good God. Um, speaking of Enzo Fernandez, uh, Babs, it's going to be a fraught summer for midfielders, um, I'd assume across Europe, not not even just the Premier League next year. Do you see Enzo, from this World Cup so far and his performance today, do you, you know, the, the, the wild own goal aside, which we he dove in front of for absolutely zero reason, Um what have you made of his kind of like World Cup so far and his season with Benfica? And do you think he can go on to be one of the more sought after midfielders coming out of this World Cup? Well, what, what can I say about Enzo? Um, he's just, um, I think the best way to describe him is just brave. You know, whenever, wherever, he's, wherever he's playing in the, in the, in the hole in the six, wherever he's playing centre mid, wherever he's playing in the 10, he's just naturally a brave player. Um, last season for River Plate, um, once. Was it last season? I'm thinking when when um, Alvarez was playing a bit less, but there was a period where Alvarez was playing a bit less, and he was taking on a bit more of like an attacking mantle, and you were seeing mm-hmm. you know arriving late in the box, you know finishing off chances, getting goals. 
So he's really shown that um, aspect of his play. For Benfica, he's really shown the ability to, you know, take control of the play, hold the ball, you know, set the set the tempo. He's had amazing games in the Champions League against the likes of Verratti. You know, he's played them off the park. Him and Florentino and Luis have had a really good partnership. And this guy, I, th- I just think the sky's the limit for him. Um, within the Chelsea group, I've been like quite big on getting him in from River Plate. I wanted him and Alvarez, which was kind of it was kind of painful to see them both go, just because you, you see that the fact that, <laughs> as you just said, 40 million, what do you have to lose? We, it's insane. We, we, pay, we pay 40 million for random youth players. And you've got players that are, you know, seasoned in the Argentine league, you know, playing senior football, you know, gaining their reps. And it's, it's, it's painful, it's painful. But leaving Chelsea for a bit and focusing a bit more on Enzo, <laughs> <laughs> you just have to look at just his ability on the ball, you know, to pass, you know, unlock the fences, set the tempo. He's comfortable in all phases. He strikes the ball extremely well. And for me... When it comes to ball striking, I think that's one of the biggest weapons that a footballer can have because it just unlocks yeah. so much ability. You know, whether it just be switching the play, playing it in behind, you know, scoring a rocket like he did, you know, against on Poland. There's just was it Poland? No, Mexico. There's just so much that it just allows you to do, and he has it in just absolute buckets. And I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up at Real Madrid, Chelsea, or Liverpool come the summer. Yeah, I know you're a massive fan. Um... Add on to what add on to the fantastic. But by, by the way, Babs, unreal scouting report there. I've got to say, what what other pod do you get River Plate scouting reports on? By the way, come on. Just Boy, hey, hey listen, man, I, I, I can't lie here, Krish. When there was no premier, I became a bit of a degenerate. <laughs> this <laughs> summer, I, I, I was I was watching the Brazilian Serie B. That that should tell you how desperate I was for football at that point. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Babs, you could talk about bargains anyway. Haven't you just picked up Andre Santos for like Boy, a hey, few expensive listen. cars? That's oh, it. God, I am hoping that it's actually going through because he's going to be an absolute gem in a couple of years. Yeah, Chelsea, and like you say, I know you you obviously wanted Enzo and Alvarez, but Chelsea setting the blueprint, there's bargains out there, man. Like there's some seriously good young players that are playing senior football and some bigger teams are going to feel like mugs for not doing it because I mean if if say if Liverpool get Enzo we're going to be paying near 100 mil like, that's well, not boy, if we get Enzo I am off in pant live on Cop End man I'm not even going to oh yeah I'm, I, I'm before before the tournament <laughs> before <laughs> we'll pretend we'll pretend you never said that we'll pretend <laughs> yeah <laughs> Swinging it around, <laughs> yeehaw! Oh, oh, Claire, WCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the start of the tournament, I was I was scared of paying that sort of money for him, as great as he is. But as the tournament's gone on, you can, like Bab says, the bravery. This this sort of stage doesn't phase him at all, and perfect for a big team. Perfect. Especially and and for the Prem, we I just want we need some more tatted up Latino guys, man. Like some just some nutty some nutty geezers in midfield. We lack that. Um, I think he'd be perfect for any of the big teams. I can't think of one he wouldn't slide straight into. To be honest, one hundred percent, man. Um, I I feel like he's nailed on. He's probably ending up, probably going to go to to Real Madrid at this point. Um, mm-hmm. and boy, because we're getting to that... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... um, that midfield. If he went to Real Madrid, would be absolutely insane. Camavinga, Tuchel, many... and Enzo Valverde. Oh, yeah, that is um, it's not fair, but, man. But, but I'm, I'm just thinking, right? I'm just thinking, right? If I'm if I'm Enzo, 
And you see Madrid have got, what, Churameni, they've got Camavinga, they've got Valverde. There's so many guys there. Are you going to want to go there and sit on the bench for a bit or are you going to want to go and start games? Because you can start from Mexico in the Champions League. You know, we all know you're the level. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to go be the, the main guy and where else do you want to do that other than, you know, Todd Bowley's, you know, London Cowboys? <laughs> no, you <laughs> must, you must be... You can't even sell that. You can't even sell that to me. Bad. That's just you me. Can't, you can't even sell that to me, bro. Like, nah, man. He, like, you, what are you going to say to him? Oh, come, come play with Potter. Yeah, he'd be like, nah, nah. You ever, you ever heard of Loftus Cheek? Bro, I'd rather go Brighton and play with Alistair. Yeah, so, nah. Nah, man. Enzo's probably going to go La Liga. But for me... We know. Listen, I'm thinking, right? I think, think that's about a the me- financial. Think about the, con- the financial constraints. A lot of those teams are under one. Barcelona, I think they're probably going to crumble by the end of the season because he didn't make in Champions League football. Real Madrid, they're going to probably spend that money on Jude, or and they're probably saving some of Mbappe as well. Do they really have the money for him? You know, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If if I know Atletico on in, in the position to right now, but say they did have a bit of a fire sale in the summer. I don't think they'd be able to afford him still. I don't know, but he'd suit them so well. He is a Simeone player, man. That's very true. That's spot on. I I don't think... I don't think... You see, the problem is a lot of fans are under this impression, whether it's false or not, um, that players of a certain ilk should come and make their bread and butter in the Premier League. Granted, it'd be nice to see players of Enzo's capabilities in the Premier League, especially at my beloved Tottenham Hotspur, so that I don't have to see players like Hoybjerg in my team ever again. But I don't I don't necessarily think the Premier League is suited for, you know, most of these players. I think, you know, certain leagues in which because the Premier League is is very, you know, oh gung ho, you know, you know. And so for me, I'm like if I was Enzo and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I've just left the Portuguese league. I need to go to a league that's similar, but better in quality. That would be La Liga. It would be a perfect, perfect, you know, segue into the next part of his career. If he comes to, um, you know, the Premier League, Chelsea in its current iteration, hell no. Maybe Liverpool, but, you know, Klopp is in, the, is in his seventh tenure and you know what that means, you know. Means the walls of China are crumbling, people. Yeah, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're ramping that new stance. Are we keeping the walls outside? You know. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. What the, and then even with Spurs, so long as Levy's there, we're, we're just there for bands, bro. So, like, there's 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 only one place he could really go if he comes to the Premier League, and none of us here want to even yeah. see him in that shirt. Don't so, say it. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say it. So I, I think it's smart, <laughs> smarter decision to go. If he, if you wanted to be, I don't know, controversial for argument's sake, go Germany. Go Germany. Go, go. I don't know. RB Leipzig or freaking Dortmund. You know, mix it up a little bit. It's ugly. But, but don't you feel that's a bit of a, of a sideways step? Because what, yeah, but that's just, the, I'm just talking about just mixing it up, isn't it? Yeah, I'm to, yeah, I'm talking are. about just mixing Neither it up. Neither of those to afford him. Uh, what? How much do you reckon you'll go for from Benfica? Boy, it's, it's 100 mil. Easy. That's how, much, how, much was, how much was Nunes? Boy, 64. How much was, was 
I heard 100 all in, but let's that, not that's do lies on screen. <laughs> that's 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 touching the yen. In the end, yeah. I think I don't know. Listen, I'm gonna be brutally honest here, and I don't think Enzo, this is gonna sound controversial, but I don't think Enzo goes for hundred on the basis of of the base on the basis of what Nunes has done. Nunes went for a hundred. They're looking at it like we can't we can't even shift our best player for that because this guy has come in and wow, he he is a striker's nightmare. There's nothing of a dream about Nunes. He's got all the tools to be fantastic. But whenever he sees that goal, he's got something special for you, Liverpool lads. And it's called a miss. Sponsored by Morata. <laughs> Because it's horrendous. I did, I've not seen finishing this bad since Andy Carroll. Like, this is this is bad stuff. So, I reckon at most, if we're talking in pounds, Enzo goes for 85. At most. All in. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm paying that happily, man. I'm, I'm, I'm paying that. I'm rounding up all the same. <laughs> yeah, I love how you did all that explaining for why should it go for 100 million. So, yeah. I'd pay that. I'd pay that. That was like that Rick James skit from the Dave Pell bit. It was like, yeah, I never do that. Yeah, I'll pay you. Yeah, I, I, I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Right, I'm letting oh, it rip. Nah, man. Enzo's quite, no, he's good quality. He's, oh, that guy is so good. Another guy, slightly really, very good, um, has been for a while. Young Alexis McAllister, um, the Scotsman with the Argentinian name. How that origin came about, we don't know. Another good shift in today. Um, Rodrigo de Paul put in a very good second half shift. I'm pretty sure he was just literally feeding off Messi aura, um, as he has been for the majority of his Argentina campaign. Everything he does, he does for his uh, his best friend, Lino Messi. Um, but I, I, let's, let's, let's talk about Australia for a bit, because I thought they actually played quite well. In in the in the sense that they had an objective, they turned up, they delivered on that objective. Yes, they got a very very lucky goal, but the way they set up, the way they you know, compacted that middle of the field and made Argentina very much work for what everything that they got, they came in and delivered. And and, and Babs, were you as, as someone who has um, been a connoisseur of parking the bus football in previous iterations of Chelsea existence? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying this to, to Miranda over there. I, I love how the World Cup practice pods always end up having a couple club pod shots in them. I love it. Keep it up, brother. I'm going to have a couple for you later on. I mean, I'm, we're, we're, hey, it's, it's what we're all about, baby. The entertainment business. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as, um, as, yeah, as, as someone who's seen a few parking the bus performances, it, did, did, did that move you at all, the Australia performance today? Uh, did you think they did anything particularly well? You know, I, I, I was I was impressed. I was impressed. Not 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 even like um in to do with the defensive like forwards, but for, for me it was more so how they actually transitioned and actually mm. played forwards. They had a very good structure. You know, it was a, it was a classic four three three. But all the players knew their roles. You know, Aaron Moy was in the pocket. You know, allowing the centre backs to bring the ball out and just like have a have an option there at all times. He wasn't hiding from the ball. You know, as other DMs have done. You know, during this World Cup. You know. If you look at their wingers, um, was it Lecky and McGee? And who was the other guy? I'm trying to think. The guy that came off the bench, who, who missed that chance later on in the game. I'm oh, cool. Oh, the the cool. Yeah, yeah, right. cool. yeah. Like they, they've had a they had a couple like nice little wingers as well who were offering a, a, a couple pieces here and there. So even though they were obviously 
far away, not expected to do anything. I was quite impressed with the way they played. You know, they were quite brave. You know, after 20 minutes, they were like, you know what, um, Argentina, they're not really on piss. You know, they, we can actually get at them. And there were a couple of times where they actually pinned them back, you know, had a, had a yep. couple of pieces of interchange and really, like, p- pushed them back. So that was really positive to see. And it's, it's what you want to see out of World Cup because I've seen a lot of discussions about from people saying that, oh, you know, there should be less teams. It should only, it should only be for the elite teams. But for me, I, I, I just think the World Cup is a celebration of football, you know, at international stage. So seeing teams from all over the world, you know, have performances whereby they're making their home nations proud. It's just something always good to see. Um, one of our Discord members, um, he actually was, he, he lives in Australia, so he actually sent us like a clip of um, a load of like um, Aussie boys, you know, in, in a stadium watching the game and they were absolutely loving it. So that's what the World Cup's all about. You know, we, we all want to see our goats, you know, lift up the trophy, but it's all about the, the you know, the, the storage. You know, you guys can see the background, you know, Japan versus Germany. This, this is what it's all about. You know, it's, it's about the upsets. It's about the boys, you know, banded together and just showing the, showing what the country's all about. And I think that's what Australia did really well today. And I don't think they should have anything to be embarrassed about because I think they put a really good account of themselves. You know, so they, and some would say they're even unlucky to not come away with a draw and potentially mm-hmm. take his extra time. Yeah, I actually, I actually think, although Argentina probably played better in some areas, I, I think they probably had more shaky moments than Australia. Australia looked so comfy. Facts. They didn't have the quality, but they they, they look so like that they didn't seem moved by Argentina, if you know what I mean. So yeah, they can go on with their heads held higher. They were very close. That um, whatever their midfielder's called, I can't pronounce it like Bechic or something like that. That little run he had at the oh. end where Lissandro come in. Hey, if that would have gone in, their that would have Puskas immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's probably gone of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think they can be proud. I think. They're one of those teams that you feel quite sorry for because you think like you're, say, that Grand Qual or a, another creative midfielder being a couple years older away from have they could have been a really good team in this tournament. And it's they're, they're unlucky because by the time the next one comes around, like Suter, their centre-back, who's looked really good, he'll be at a good age. But players like Moy and that, they'll be gone. Leckie will be gone. Um so it's it's sad because you you always feel like this was kind of their opportunity. But look at South Korea and Japan. They had it in 2002, mm-hmm. 20 years later. They're repeating. That's what it's all about, really, when you think about it for, for these kind of nations. I think you can kind of, in a sense, put USA, they're probably way ahead in their development. It's just about kind of getting those requisite reps and all the experience in so you can structure your program to go in a direction for the next World Cup. Um, Harry Sutter, though, i got to say, in terms of centre-back play for this World Cup, has moved me. Um, you know, we, we all look at those centre-backs who can play those diagonal balls out from the back, be calm and composed. Is that, man? That's, that, that, that's a guy that might get a Premier League move in, um, in January. Who's, who knows? Let's see. Yeah, as, as a lanky white man that can pass, he's my new idol. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, he oh, plays God. for Stoke, doesn't he? Or he plays for one of the yeah. teams, so... It, we we yeah, see how Aussie football does develop over the years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder if this will sort of change the perception generally in the public, like it did with South Korea and Japan and that. But I think that that Suta has been out for like eight months, and his first game back was the first game of, or second game of the World Cup. It's, it looks pretty good yeah, for someone that's been out a, that long. Did he have an ACL injury? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't played for Stoke right. for ages. That's crazy. That is actually crazy. 
Do you reckon the performance like that, that off the back of an ACL? Do you know what hey, I mean? That's, that's, it's, it might be so different. Even, not even the goal of centre-backs did that. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got that jab in before I could get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sabotage myself before yeah. I let others do it. Um, <laughs> I respect <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, this, this, this game went with the way we expected it, kind of towards the end. Um, and it was also just a personification of why Lataro Martinez is now starting on the bench. He thought he got away with it. He's not. Um, yeah, the spirit of uh, you, you just when you think you've got rid of Gonzalo Higuain, his spirit passes on. His soul, his energy, his aura passes on into yet another unfortunate vessel, and that vessel seems to be Lataro Martinez. He must be very, very, very good as a friend because he must have looked at Lukaku the other day and go, you know what, my brother, I'm going like, to get the heat off you for a little bit. You can die down, take a few days off. The whole Belgium, you know, maybe they'll ignore it. I'm going to put the shame back onto me. Talk me through his second half performance today because it's one of the funnier cameos I've seen for a while. I, I think the problem with Martinez, and I've said this about a few of the other players, um, is that, it's possible that his legs, amongst other you know players in this tournament, their legs might be shot. However, however, and the however with the biggest capitals, that cameo that we saw can't be put down to tightness. Yeah, that is that's a mechanism in your brain telling you you're just not good enough, son. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to repping time, you ain't repping. Yeah, and we know Higuain was notorious for this. Higuain was the man early in his career. He wrecked, you know, early in his career. He'd done his thing for Real Madrid, won them a few, you know, surprise titles here and there. And then somewhere around his mid-20s, just before he made his way to Juventus, he became that guy. Oh, I'm going to turn up against Torino. But when it turns up against Inter, I'm going to go missing. He became that guy. And that's what Martinez has become. Oh, I'm going to turn up against Torino. But when it comes up against Australia, I'm going to go missing. Because <laughs> nobody can explain to me how you can have that many chances fashioned for you. Yeah, I know you worked the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper made some decent saves. But sh- surely, surely a player of your apparent ability has to bury one of those chances. And I'm talking about throughout this World Cup. He's been poor. Yeah, and you got you think as well with him, the, the only chances he has buried, he was offside for. And it's the two two cardinal sins as a as a striker is not finishing or being offside. It's very mentally. I, I know you all just said about his legs being short. I think with that miss um, when Messi laid him on the plate. I mean, in my opinion, the pass came too late because it gave Martinez an opportunity to think too much, but. You're on 100 grand a week. You play for Inter Milan and Argentina. That shouldn't really come into the equation. Um, <clears throat> I think he's been really bad this tournament. Really bad. And to be honest, Champions League, games like that, I've never seen him have a good game. Serie A, which I watch a lot, he's great all the time. Like you say, he's a, he's a he, very similar to Lukaku, he's a flat-track bully. When everything's going your way, when you're playing for the better team against a crapper team and the defender can't get near you because he's not that fast or strong, then, yeah, the finishing, it will be scoring from every angle, every limb on his body. But as soon as it comes down to it, I don't think he's got it in him. 
which sounds crazy to say because I'm amateur, he's professional, but you know what I mean. No, no, no. Let me let me add on to that. It's not it's not crazy, yeah, because we all have this, yeah. The, all of us. It doesn't matter who you are on the face of this planet. Everybody has that mechanism in there where you know there's some aspect of your life that you're just a donut, whether it's you know scoffing donuts or freaking making croissants, wherever it is, yeah, you're just a donut, yeah. <laughs> And when it comes to record time, what, what analogy? It's the what analogy? When it comes to record time, you rep that to the, people will be like, "You're the goat of creating croissants. You're the goat croissant." Yeah, this guy <laughs> cannot create croissants. He can't do it, bro. It's it's time to rep. He's not rapping. He's freaking moving like he's playing for Peru or something like that. He's he's just not there, and it doesn't make sense. My thing that's most infuriating is even if it's not going your way. Score scuffy chance here and there, you know, like so, something to kind of get the confidence because it's a confidence booster in the you know the long and short of it. And we will sit here and say Martinez is you know poor, having a poor World Cup, and he might go back to Inter, score thirty goals, and then we'll have egg on our face, yeah. But in the same breath, we'll sit there and say Morata is absolute ass, and he's having a, a sublime striking World Cup because whenever he's come on, he's turned the game on its head. Yeah, great runs, great finishing. That's a real centre forward of the old school. He'll go back to club football, stink up the whole joint like he's been smelling of diarrhea all day. And we'd be like, you see, we told you Morata was crap. And it can just flip those ways. But the fact of the matter is, when these guys need to rep, they go missing. And that's the difference between... That is actually the difference between a good player, a very good player, and the world-class category. Can't just be scoring against Panama. You have to turn up against the big boys. Random tweet I've just found. I watched Lataro and that video of the Spanish man shouting about football and lifestyles flashes before my eyes. Uh, you have a comfortable life. You're with the <laughs> finest women. You play on the finest pitches with the best footballs. Are you still complaining? Boy. It's true, though. It's Boy. True. Boy. Boy. I think I think what's what most frightening about this guy, man. I think what's most frightening about this World Cup is that first game they had against Saudi Arabia. He scored what two goals from offside. Mm-hmm. But what scared me the most was how bad offside he was on the second one. I'm like, yeah. you can see the whole line. The int- you can see the whole line. You can see Hawkeye. You can see the pitch. You can see that Croatian woman that's been walking up and down the stands trying Ooh. to turn sorry heads all day long. Yeah. <laughs> you can see all of this and you still manage I guess, to I guess she's been turning somebody's head. Right. Listen, <laughs> I don't understand how he managed to be that far offside when there was no reason to even go that early. And that I think that should have been the first clue as to this guy's going to have a stinking World Cup. And long and behold, Listen, we can say all of this, and he goes and scores a hat trick against Holland, and I'll be, I'll be furious. I actually, I need him to stink more because Boy, just, I'll, I'll be furious. I, I, I will double down. I will double down, man. I, I, I will invest in the slandering at an all-time high. <laughs> I know you've never heard of that kind of that kind of shit before. I, I will invest at all time. He has, he has an amazing game. I'm going to be slandering even more. Where was this one we needed it the most? You know what I mean. Those type of Boy, where was it when we needed the most, man? Where you asked us that when Saudi Arabia? Uh, you know what I mean? Come on, man. Boy. Come on, let down the dog like this. Boy, it's, it's, thanks to him, 
Fixing him 18 guys now have a new Rolls Royce. Hey. <laughs> Wait, Lataro, he may not be feeding Argentine families, but he's feeding families. He's feeding families. Uh, he's feeding families, man. He's like the Latino Robin Hood. You know what I mean? Robin from the rich. Oh, don't don't say that too loud, boy. They, they will really come and rob us. Oh, man. Uh, um, how far do we think Argentina can go now? Um, so obviously they'll be playing Netherlands in the quarterfinal. Obviously, you soon they beat them. Sets up a bit of a assuming things go the way we think they're going to go. But do you assume they beat them? Do you assume I they mean, beat Netherlands? I think I think this I think this is a this is a nil nil one one go to penalties again. I think between mm. them two, it's quite even. When you look at the matchups, they they sort of complement each other. Yeah, because I just don't see how they're going to be able to beat that back line. You know, Ake's had a really good World Cup. Van mm-hmm. Dijk as well. Timbers coming and I'm showing the lit how to play centre-back. You know, they, they, they've been quite strong defensively. And if they play in the way that they did against the USA today, which we're probably going to come on to later on, you know, I'm not sure how Argentina are going to be able to unlock that deep block because, yeah, you've got Messi, you know, stringing past, but Messi can't be at the end of, at the end of everything as well. <laughs> you know? People are going to have to be finishing their dinner rounds. I'm not sure if I really trust these Argentine boys outside of Lotaro to be doing so, but I'd love to be proven wrong and for them to get to the final. But I'm a bit worried about this Netherlands game. And just, you know, how Yach just said, they're two teams that they perfectly balance out each other, you know, the way that they play. And I feel like it's going to be either... I feel like it'll be a snooze fest. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure. We'll see, I guess. I, I think history plays a part in this. And if I'm right, Holland have had Argentina, Argentina's uh, number, yeah, of, of recent history. To be fair, the 2014 World Cup fa- was it semi final? Was it the semi final? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure that went to do it was one. You know the penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but so I get what you mean. I get. What I you think mean, I think Yak's got it on the bottom with you know the the tension is tight. You know, go to penalties, you know, shoot it out. We'll see who, who takes it from there. Um, if I was going to pick an out and out winner, controversially, I'd give it to Holland. Yeah. On the basis of, I think they've got more goal scorers in their team than Argentina. I think, I think they take more of the scrappier chances. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If it's um, if it's a game of two or three chances, Holland yeah. will take theirs. Yeah, and and that's the difference. However, if Argentina get past this, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. They could go to the final, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they beat Brazil in the Copa recently, so that's that's confidence yeah, yeah. for them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you know how these these like South American games go. Like all the technical ability goes out the window. This is a scrap. This is a good, this is a good old fashioned passion fest. That's exactly what it is. The passion, the passion. That's the passion derby right there, man. Brazil versus right, Argentina. That that so if it is the semi final of the World Cup, that could be the the first World Cup semi final that ends five four with like, at least <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like this. That'll this be the will first... be mayhem. That would be the first semi-final that has like a final feel. Like it would just, yeah. yeah. just be special of everything Facts. involved. Facts. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out now though, by the way, obviously with Gabriel Jesus now being injured, who the hell Brazilians are gonna slander on Twitter? Because they have been killing Boy, me. Been killing, oh no, they're still gonna they're still gonna insult him. It doesn't matter that he's not there. They're still gonna insult You need to understand he got well, according to them, not not that I think is correct. But according to them, he got selected. You kind of think he's correct, didn't it? You kind of think he's correct. It, it, I, a I, little I, bit I, of your soul know. is thinking the hater in you is there going, hey, hey, man. Hey, so, so somebody <laughs> said it. I didn't say it, but I, I, I agree with that it. person. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that person. Listen, he got he got selected ahead of Gabby goal. Now, normally I'd be like, yeah, but you know, on what I've seen, that's not you know, that's not a bad selection. But I didn't realize Gabby God is having the season of his life. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, so I'm like, all right, I I hear it now, yeah. And listen, the, the fans they gotta cuss his ross. They hate his guts. So he better be prepared for this, boy. This this is gonna be a tough season. Even if Brazil make it, to, let's say Brazil make it to the final, they win, and they go celebrating. You know, you know Rio de Janeiro. They're doing samba ikeme. The, the fans are gonna boo the moment they see him. Just get off. He is not there for the party. He might as well go go Argentina and freaking drink wine with Messi because he he's not there for that party. They're going to ridicule him. Ah oh, man, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm here for it. I'm here for it because he plays for a certain team. I need to see a free falling from December to the <laughs> Wait, rest they, of the they, they say it's gonna be out out till January. I'm I'm hoping it may be you know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, it's they, till I'm hoping they may have got January and June mixed up a bit there. You know, but yeah. but that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> you mean you mean June of 2024? Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> listen, man. I, I won't complain. I won't complain. Swiftest recovery, of course, is Gabriel Jesus. Um, the tweet I saw earlier on. Uh, which I had to translate for Portuguese was Gabriel Jesus nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize as he doesn't attack anyone. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. These, 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 these guys get very creative. I respect it. I'm I'm not um, I'm not good for this Twitter generation. If I was a professional football player um and I was insulted online, I'm I'm sending for the entire family of that person. <laughs> yeah, I'll like, be I'll like, be boxing left, right, yeah, and, and center. And man. it will be my yeah. official no the, no no freaking bootleg backup. No, this will be the official account. I'll let you know. This is this is sponsored by the bloodline of my parents. This is real. Like I'm <laughs> I'm insulting everybody. Everybody. Don't tell me that you like cats because I'll find Kurt Sumer. This is gonna be very serious. Like this is this is on listen, now nah, you can't insult man like that. They said you're in the winning for the Nobel Peace Prize because you don't attack anyone. Do you know what you have to do to win the Nobel Peace Prize? Nah, I'm losing it. I'm losing it straight off the bat. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. I'm not good for this generation. I'm no good for it. 
All this cancel hey, culture. Man. I'm not good for it. I'm not good for it. What? <laughs> hey, man, there be... That's what you came up with. Nah, these kids are too creative. And I know it's a kid. I know it's a kid. It's a 12-year-old. It's a 12-year-old from Stoke or Trent. I'm dead sure of it. Yeah. It's either some 12-year-old from Stoke or Trent or some 12-year-old that's in the Palmeiras Academy. One or there's no in between. You know what I mean? Oh man. Creative, man. These kids are good. They'll cuss you to the clouds come home, so be careful. Hey, there would be no Kevin Durant burners on this side. It would be straight me on the phone, using my fingers, telling you to go suck him up. You know what I mean? Every one of those ones. It's just those vibes. You yeah. gotta get you gotta restore the feeling, you know what I mean? <laughs> Straight war. But flipping it onto this day of a game for today, um, you know, professional as always, as we are. Um, Netherlands played host to the United States of America and came out 3-1 victors. Um one man who is now seemingly fully healthy to start is Memphis Depay. Um he just adds such a different element to that. Um Dutch attack going forward. I mean, what, who, I can't remember who they play in the first game. Um, yeah, oh, you, you must have terrible memories of this man, Vincent Janssen. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and like, out, out of all the strikers they brought with them as well, he would be the last person I'd pick. I'd have Luke De Jong and Vegas on straight away, man. Well, I'd have even done a cheeky Javi Simons false nine, it's something yeah, yeah. To, to, to spice it up a little bit. You know what I mean? The, the thing that I find frightening is. I would have not been so mad at the Janssen selection. Hear me out now. I wouldn't have been so mad at the Janssen selection if it made sense to me like when Portugal would take Hilda Postigo. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. after he left Spurs, he had a decent career. You know, like he, he had a decent career. Like in the sense of he still played in Europe, still got goals, rarely, but got goals. Janssen left Spurs and went to Mexico. He played in the Azteca stadiums and stuff like that. And then he come... oh, he did the he did the uh, Andre Pierre Gignac. Yeah, yeah. He, he done he done the the region on football manager kind of get your way back into the spotlight. And I, I can't remember what league he went to after. I think he's gone to the Belgium league, but he went to the second tier. The guy has had a stinker of a career. Since leaving Spurs, there is no justification for his selection. None. Yeah, he he hasn't even got the goals to back it. He just doesn't. So to see him in a Dutch uh, is as big of, of an insult that I've seen in this World Cup. Probably the biggest insult ever. He was absolutely useless. He's been useless. No, sorry. Let me correct that. He is useless. We're not even done with useless Dutch Spurs former Spurs. Oh, just, players, I way. knew you. <laughs> because because there's one guy I want to touch on sh- shortly. Um, but yeah, Memphis, Memphis Depay um, grabs a fantastic goal today. Babs, I'm going to come to you on this bit. Um, obviously, he does the Antonio down, Antonio Brown dance after he scores. Um, thought it was a little bit odd that he chose the song of someone who is, I'm pretty sure, in still in an active, um, active shootout with police. Um, <laughs> <The> police, yeah. <laughs> did, did, questionable choice. Very yeah, questionable um, choice. Very questionable. But I mean, who is to blame more for this vitriol here? Is it the entire country of the United States or Laurie Harvey? <laughs> 
Damon. <laughs> hey. hey. I don't even know what to say to that. I was not expecting <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I, I know Steve was watching that in oh one of his big God. ass suits in his crib, oh just sitting God. there watching it. And he was like, I know he didn't just do what I think he did. I, um, <laughs> Boy. Babs, I, I'm going to help you out a bit and say, stay, stay away from the hobbies. Stay, stay. The survey says. <laughs> hey, the survey says, Boy, oh, I, I'm going to need some help from the crowd. <laughs> Let, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but yeah, going in a bit to the Dutch performance it was interesting because I know there was a lot of praise um, for the Netherlands for the way they played, you know, letting the US hold the ball, which is something they're not comfortable doing, and it's seemingly working. But I wasn't sure because, in my in my opinion, it, it was more so just the fact that the US just didn't execute in the final third, more so than the actual game plan of the Netherlands working out more so, if you get what I mean. Um, I think yeah. what did work out, though, however, was allowing, you know, the midfield battle to go the way it did, just to have the spaces in the wide areas for Daly Blind and Dumfries to take advantage. You know, because when, when when they did that, rather than McKenney playing, you know, in that wider midfield role that he played a lot um, against um, England and um, Iran, you end up having him dropping into midfield and leaving Anthony Robertson, you know, completely isolated against Dumfries. And in the PMP off, you're not going to beat Dumfries. So wow. that 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 not having having that overload there with, with him and a, maybe even a timber was always going to end up one way. I mean, on the other side, you know, you had Dest who has the positional awareness of a three-year-old, you know, up against the amazing footballing daily bin who's if you give him even a second on, on the ball, you're gonna pick out a pass. Needless to say, giving him 30 seconds to put take the start, take a touch of the ball, scan the area. See Dumfries on the other side of the pitch and say, "You know what? Am I going to pass him? You know what? Yeah, I will pass him." And he and he just puts an amazing ball right on Dumfries' foot, and there was absolutely no pressure there. So I feel like what the Netherlands did there in terms of like utilizing those wide positions and just like creating overloads, I thought it works really well. Um, but with the US, one thing this performance did show me is that in 2026 they may just be a country to be reckoned with if they can get a finisher. Yeah. Pfft, with the energy levels that they're able to, to, to deploy, you know, in that midfield of Eunice, Musa, McKenney, and Adams, they will be a very, very, very interesting team to play against. And you know, I, I don't know, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be good to see because obviously with them being the host nation, you do want to see those kind of guys, you know, performing well. And they've got a barrage of talent, you know, coming through um, it, it, amongst their ranks. You know, we didn't, we didn't even get to see um, Gio Reyna, you know, start a game during the World Cup. We didn't see Arison start a game. You know, Flo Balogun, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him potentially mm-hmm. playing for the US and that could Ricardo be a Pepe. for them. Ricardo Pepe, I'm surprised he didn't go through. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't go to the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see what they could do in, in, in four years' time because by that time, you'll have, what, McKenney being um, 20, 28. You'll have Adams, 27. And you have Eunice Musa being 24. And so those guys will be, you know, nearing the peak of their powers, you know, a lot more seasoned. Played uh, probably, I'm guessing, a lot more years in Europe. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do in 2026. And yeah, I, I don't think they should be sad at all with the way they went out because I think they've put a good account for themselves during this World Cup. Who, out of, all, out of all that crop of players that they currently have at the moment, who do you think is going to be the one that'll be the shining pinnacle at the top? Because I, th- I, I think it's like Eunice, Eunice Muta. I, okay. I think it's going to be him. I, I really like the way he plays. <laughs> 
And I think it may a big part of it. Is I hate to give them praise. I think it may be the Hayland, you know, education. You know, j- just the way he plays the ball, he's a pass appreciation, the angles he offers his players. You know, when, when it comes to receiving the ball, whenever he's around the pitch, you know you're going to have an option to make a pass, and you know you're going to be able to actually receive it in a comfortable area. Um, Pulisic doesn't really give me the biggest confidence. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm sure a couple of listeners already know that. <laughs> as it is, you know, you did have a couple of boneheaded moments today. You know, a couple of times where, you know, Robinson was inverted and rather than showing himself, you know, as a wide option, he'd run right across him, which for, for God knows what, why he was choosing to do that. But then you've also, I guess you've also got Tyler Adams, the captain, who I think he's had a good account for himself in the World Cup. But for me, I think it's going to be Eunice Musa being that that guy for them because just just looking at the technical ability that he really has, you know, at his disposal at 20, the bravery he has to actually want to receive the ball, I think he's going to be top. I think he's going to be top. Yeah, I've, 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 I know I'm fairly on my own with this, but my favourite out of the three is actually McKenney. And I'm not, not saying that because I don't rate the other two, I do, but I, I, I think McKenney is seriously underrated. He's he's the curse of being the Juventus midfielder. You look at Locatelli, Rabiot and him, for me, that's three wicked centre mids. But because of the, the situation, Juventus are in their reputation, just drops with them, which is fair enough because they're not winning games and they look crap every week. But... As individuals, I think that's yeah. I've, the the thing is though with America, yeah, and I I hundred percent agree with everything Bab said. But from like the American fan perspective, I hate this like the way that they act like they're like a Saudi Arabia or a South Korea with a country with like a population of ten million and no no money put into the game. Like America spends more money on football than all of the big European countries do. And they have more people to select from and they have better systems for kids to get education and sport at the same time, etc. 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 So I don't I don't play with this like American underdog thing. They the the MLS it's not two thousand and two. Do you know what I mean? The MLS isn't new. Football isn't new to America anymore. They've had some good players. They've had teams that have, have threatened to get to the last stages of the World Cup finals. Like, yeah, it is clicking now. And I think I do agree. 2026, I think all three of the host nations are going to be really interesting to watch. But I, 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 Americans will be the reason that America don't do well because of the way they are. This is very, like bordering xenophobic but the way that they scout in america is just like who has the biggest feet who jumps higher that's it like it, it, these players need to get to europe young and they need to stay in europe because the mls is not a good education for players at all and the, the college for all the money they pump into it they can't get out of their american way of seeing sports so it don't matter how much money they chuck at it they just pick the fast guy and fast track them through the academy and stuff so I think it, they're they're going to be the only reason why they fail because they've got all the tools there. They've got, like Bab said, they've got the crop of players. Even the players that aren't haven't been playing, Rayner and Aronson, could go on to become serious, serious players in world football, and they're not even touching the team yet. So only way is up. I, I think, I think this might be an interesting World Cup. This might do the same thing the '94 World Cup did for America. For me personally, I think having a World Cup in their backyard, don't be surprised if they make it to the quarters or do a South Korean, you know, surprise everyone and make it further. Um, Because they have the talent in that squad is young enough 
that by the time of the next World Cup, they would have loads of senior football under their belt. Uh, they should be experienced enough to deal with better pressure situations. And on top of that, the bigger nations or the more, uh, how should I put it, the more well-known nations in uh, national football won't be as strong. Argentina won't mm -hmm. be strong. Portugal won't be as strong. England, I don't think, will be as strong. Neither, probably Brazil will be the, the, the strongest of, of the current crop that we're seeing now. Holland won't be nowhere near as strong. Um, this next World Cup could actually be the most shocking World Cup we're ever going to see in our lives. Like, because this might be the first time ever where you could look at other nations and be like, whoa, you ain't, you ain't got like a great 11. You've got a good player here, a good player there, quality player here, quality player there. And teams like America, Canada, in their backyard, Mexico, whoa, they could take advantage of this. They really could. I think that, like you got you just gotta look at what's what's on the table. You know, take for instance, they they came up against Holland and I think they lost to Holland on experience. This was an experience beating. This was a professional punch up. Yeah, because you know, they came, they were a bit naive in the in the way they, you know, attacked the game. They had the ball. Holland said, Yeah, go on. You have the ball, show us something. And they couldn't. So, you know, they got dealt with on that end. But you can go, what, four years down the line from now, unless something changes, and Spain are not going to have the team that they have right now. They're going to have uh, the two youngsters, uh, uh, Pedri and Gavi, uh, Ansu Fati and uh, Williams. So th that's probably their four top quality youngsters that are coming through. You couldn't name me a defender that you trust in that Spanish team four years from now. The same goes with um, Germany. Most of Germany's team, mid, late 20s, you know, next World Cup, they'll be in their 30s. We don't know whether they'll, I mean, obviously we know Jamal quality, we know about him, yeah. But the rest of the team, we don't know whether they're going to be capable of even developing. And Germany been crap the last two World Cups. Portugal, 90% of that team's retiring. <laughs> like, it's done. This is, the, this is their last World Cup. It's over, baby. Yeah, so you got to look at the teams that have come into this World Cup relatively young. Um, the next World Cup is their best chance of causing some real upset. Um, and don't be fooled if this World Cup feels like an under-20s World Cup with a bunch of shocks all over the place um, because there's going to be a lot of top-tier teams, top-tier national teams that, you know won't have the capability of competing in such a tournament. Maybe England, because England's got a massive pool of talent to put, to pick from. Maybe England could come and that could be the World Cup to win. But I, I do agree with you guys in the sense of that um, this US team should hold their heads up high. I, I think they gave a good account of themselves. Um, I was impressed by um, the captain, Tyler Adams, to be honest with you. You know, young captain, um, World Cup debut. Um, I think he gave a good account of himself. Uh, the, the other names that we've known about them, giving them praise is you know, is fine, but we we're, we're, we're almost giving them praise with the 
with the caveat that we expect a bit more from them because you know they've got the the ability to get there. But with Adams, I had no expectations, so um, my praise for him is far higher than the rest because I, I not to insult him in any way, shape, or form, but I just didn't have no expectations for him whatsoever, and I think he gave a very good account of himself as a young captain in his first World Cup. Yes, it's nice to see like young captains of teams like America as well, because you know he's going to be there for like the next three at least World Cups, and we're going to watch him sort of grow, and this is going to be sort of his team almost. So yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice to see him kind of obviously career up to this point as well, been fairly ravaged by injuries too. So it's been nice to kind of see him get a clean bit of health at Leeds and obviously moving this World Cup run too and kind of show what he can do on the biggest of stages. So I, I think he'll be, you know, we talked about pools and midfielders being sought after potentially for next summer. I think you'll probably throw his name in that hat too. But yeah, I don't know how you did it, man. You've um, you've actually somehow managed to get me pumped up for the next World Cup and I've got to wait four years for it. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what is my, because I was looking at this World Cup and I was like, well, Brazil got a young squad. I was, like, I was going through the like the young squads. Now we've gone through most of our like our lives watching World Cups in which um, most of the national teams they would have they would have a youngish squad. So they would have like a few, you know, twenty mid twenties, late twenties, and then a couple, you know, experienced heads from the previous World Cup. And that's that's continued pretty much all the way up until two thousand eighteen, France. So mm-hmm. when, when 2018 came, you could look at that World Cup and you could find a few young squads in there. And obviously France had probably the youngest squad, um, maybe not the youngest in terms of age, but one of the younger squads. And they just blitzed everyone. They just, like, they were too much, they had too much power for, for Argentina. Even though Argentina gave them a hell of a game, they just outran them, you know. And then the same for Croatia. Croatia had the experience, a huge amount of experience in terms of the racketage, um, uh, Modric, Perisic, uh, Mandzukic, they had the experience galore. They couldn't deal with the youth. They just couldn't. Mbappe, I, I, I can't remember if that was the, the tournament that Dembe, um, Dembele was fully fit. Uh, that's that team. No, I think, yeah, I think that Dembele played like one game in that tournament, but that, that, that was the tournament. It was, um, it was Matuidi, Mbappe, Griezmann. Pogba. Like, come yeah. on. It was just yeah. it was too much power, you know, like to be dealing with. So you go... Four years from now, you look at you, you just have to look at the teams in terms of and that doesn't mean that a gem is not come out, it's not gonna come out of the waters. But if Spain go to the next World Cup with their current defense, I'm not trusting their defense. I'm not impressed by that back line. Although the deputy of um Rodri in that back line can kind of you know change things around because he's a very experienced head and seems to organize the line very well. So that's one side. Then you got Argentina. Argentina's team, just like Portugal's team, is about to get crushed after this World Cup because it's all going to be youth. It's not going to, yeah. Messi's definitely not going to be there. Like, you got to look at just the teams that you know should compete and what they may have in four years from now. And then you've got a recipe for a manic World Cup, especially with the additional amount of countries that are going to be partaking in this World Cup. Like I, I think even Italy won't even look good, and they oh. could surprise us because it, Italy have got a pool of talent, but they didn't even qualify for this World Cup. Two in a row, two in a row. We didn't qualify. Two in a row. That's, I mean, like you make it three, 
get off the mound, bruv. Just start mm-hmm. start sending those players that you've been hijacking back to their nations, bruv. Because <laughs> I can do with a few, you know. <laughs> we can do with a few still. But yeah, no, I'm... I think I'm... You know, before I wasn't really looking... I wasn't looking forward to this World Cup, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I wasn't really um, excited. I was like, damn, World Cup. I've seen enough of them. And then after... I think the first game, I, I slept. I was like, this game was crap. Um, Qatar kicking off a World Cup. I never want to see that again in my life. Um, never. I just never, never want to see that again in my life. It was you know terrible. When, when, when Enna Valencia was coming out the woodwork and banging to it, it's like, I, yeah. oh, I, I need them to go back to the days of when the World, the previous World Cup winner yeah. was the opening game. Like that made I didn't care who it was. I just knew we were think, we were watching the defending champions kicking off a World Cup. Now we that's what the France that's what the France Senegal game from like two thousand two, which is so yeah, iconic. Quality, quality. Everybody loved that. Everybody loved that. I got, what what year was it that they stopped doing that? Two thousand six. Yeah, because Germany hosted it and Germany kicked off the World Cup. And I was like, you bloody bastards! You've ruined it. You've ruined it for us purists. So. Uh, 2026, three nations, very hot climate. None of these young kids have experienced a a World Cup on that side of the pond. You know, my my. And I think, and I think, sorry to interrupt you. I think it could be a very interesting dynamic because it's going to be within Mexico, the US, and Canada. So there's going to be a lot of traveling on top of that. So mm-hmm. a lot of parties. You never know. Boy, hey, listen, man. Boy. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> hey, I ain't, ain't going to say too much, but hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. That, uh, <laughs> that, 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 walk off for, that walk off for Phil Foden is going to be dangerous, man. Like, hey. What are you saying? Foden in, in Atlanta? Boy. Foden in Magic City, yeah? Okay. Hey, listen, yeah. man. There's, there's going to be plenty take on numbers and it's not going to be on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we want to discuss from the um, Holland against the yes. game? Cody Gakpo on, cannot go to Man United. We cannot let him go to Man United. I don't care who he goes to. Cody Gakpo cannot go there. They cannot. They cannot find their nine. We can't let it happen. We've. Got, we need to. Martial, Rashford. Even though I love Rashford. Keep them. If Cody Gakpo goes to United, it's gonna get long. Because like he's got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and I think he's going to bring a certain. It's 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 a bit of a coup if United get him, and I think it might reset their status in the transfer market um, if they can get someone that everybody's after. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But yeah, and I thought he, I thought he was good today. He didn't do anything spectacular, um, but I think you can see that sort of non-goal scoring quality from him. Before in the tournament, it's sort of just been I he he's had a nice couple finishes, hasn't done a lot in the game. Um, but I think you could see his strength today, um, and his ability to to hold up the ball as well, which isn't his main selling point. But uh, as I keep saying, like this boy can do everything, everything. He hasn't got a lot of intensity at the moment. I think that's just because of the role he plays at PSV and playing for Van Hal. Van Hal, it's not really what he's asking from you. Um. And I think any team that he goes to is going to be an absolute blessing for them. I think I'd do anything to have him up top with Nunes and Salaman. Anything. I think he's the one. That's interesting, you know, because looking at him, 
I just haven't been impressed. And I think it may be a lot to do with that intensity aspect. I think if there's one thing that I, when I watch him that you can you can't take away from is his ball striking ability. You know, he, mm. he has a very good finish on him, very confident finish, left foot, right foot. And that's something that is just hugely invaluable in the game, especially for a young player, you know. At the end of the day, goals are the biggest currency. And if you've got that from a young age, many teams are going to be after you. But I, I, it'll be interesting because he's not really my type of player. But if he used to go to United and play the way that you're, you're described it to play, it'll be interesting to see because my worry with him is... And the reason why I'm, I'm not the biggest fan is I just don't know where he's going to play. Because he doesn't strike me as like a Premier League winger who's going to be the tricky, you know, beating his man 1v1. He's a bit of like an in-between between an inside forward and a striker, whereby he's going to stay on the inside of like the fullback and the centre-back, but he doesn't want to be, you know, back to goal. So it'll be interesting. But some of the fees that have been touted about for him, you know, I think it's like 60, 70 million, you know, and that's what ends up when United get involved. It'll be interesting to see how he does perform for them. I don't know, yo. I think, I think, I think we're getting too much of the same kind of mode of all these young strikers. Um, although I do think, you know, Cody has something slightly different to him. Um, I, I need to see more games. I haven't seen enough to make a, a fair enough assessment on him. I don't think him going, I, I feel like United are in turmoil, if I'm being honest with you. I know they got um, Eric Ten Hag, but I, I'm like, unless he gets all his Ajax pieces, you know, it's not it's gonna be up and down throughout the season. So I'm not I'm not really I'm a bit, you know, nah when it comes to United if they get the gap pole, I feel like they will more ruin his career than uphold his yeah. career. Like that's, I, good point, that, that, that's the part that I think would be sad for me. Because, you know, um, there, there seems to be this very bad aura around United right now where, you know, players will come in. They might shine, you know, off the bat. But essentially, they come in, a lot of pressure off the bat, and they crumble. You know, Sancho went for 63 million. They're, they're calling him, you know, the, the pride of Kennington. So, yeah, so like... <laughs> I speak, speaking about... Speaking about footballers that need to fight people, eh? he needs to fight whoever start. He needs to find whoever started yeah, that. And he, because yeah, he needs to let that. That's another one here where if he finds that person, I need to see. I need to see a bloody photo. I need to see like <laughs> I need to see black eyes. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like, I need to see real, but no, because people are not understanding. Like this, this podcast is going to be like fight night. It's going to be like. People don't understand this. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Like only your friends can really banner you like that. Like you can't just be out here making making a meme of next man blowing trees and then saying that this is the the physical representation of my 90-minute performance. That is insane. So I hope I hope one day this sort of thing happens and they, they, they find out it was his agent that like made the video and that Oh, uh... <laughs> oh my god, I'm Oh no, that's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm making sure I want to see that. Oh no, that's controversial. His I, bits, was doing, so... I was doing it to motivate you. In what oh, way? Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. <sighs> wait, 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 what are you saying, Chris? He's, he's sending he's sending some cheeky um slander for curious cat. 
<laughs> yeah, it could be, man. You know what I mean? You know, but the, the man in the back in the day, they were apparently calling the girls fat and curious cat and stuff. It was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's crazy. People move, people move mad on, um, you know, people move mad on Lino Messi's internet. What can we say? What can we say? Before we head off, I want to ask you guys who has been kind of like your breakout star throughout the group stages of the competition? So, for me, it would be Mohamed Kudus. Um, having seen him play quite up close um, when we played Ajax in the Champions League, I was really impressed. But seeing him rise it, especially after when he said, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm as good as Neymar, if not better. I'm like, okay, young man. Um, rise it and bring it to this level of competition. And he did, man. He's really impressed me. He's really impressed me. And again, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a big move kind of either in January or this summer. So who's been your kind of breakout footballer during the group stages of this World Cup so far? I, w- I would have said Gakpo, but we've just discussed him. So I think, and this is a weird one because he's the one that won the Golden Boy. But I think because of that, everyone's sort of taken the he's overrated position. And I think this tournament, people are starting to realise why Gavi is so highly rated at Barcelona. And Pedri is the one that hits you in the face because of the technique and the passing and that. But Gavi is 18, 19 years old and affects the game with all the little things. And I just, I think it's, young players with that sort of ability aren't normal. It's that that's not the standard. There's so many youngsters with good tech, so many youngsters that put in a shift and stuff like that. But this boy is clever. His movement, that he knows when to be the bouncer, he knows when to turn with the ball and everything like that. I just think he's an amazing footballer. And I think people are starting to see why he might have won the golden boy above Musiala and Pedri and that. For for me, funny enough, it's uh, Jamal Musiala. I think Germany were... Just Germany are just Jekyll and Hyde right now. You know, we we we've grown mm. up knowing Germany to be, you know, efficient Audi cars get the Tough. job done. A to B, freaking they, they don't care. Yeah, just they just punch you up and say yeah. You know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. They just... In them funny trousers. That's what they do. They just... they punch you up. Germany would you annoying if you came up against you just knew you were in for a fight. But, you know, they've been poor the past two tournaments. But this kid, I was like, yeah, you know what? You didn't deserve to go out in the group stages because you, you know, wall to wall, whistle to whistle, you gave you gave everything on that pitch. And to be honest with you, I felt like our opponents found it difficult to get the ball off him. He mm-hmm. surprised me. I was like, yo, this kid can really, he can dribble, he can get through, you know, three or four players quickly, find a pass, and, you know, needs to be a bit more composed on the finishing side. But aside from that, I was like, yeah, I was really impressed with him. So he he was probably my standout. Him, kudos, uh, and obviously um, Gavi. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, Musiala nearly won every single one of them games by himself. Imagine. Very nearly. For, very for nearly. Imagine. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. The, the caveat has to be for Germany. We have to take into consideration what nation we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're not talking about Latvia, people. We're talking about the Germans. Einstein... Steiger and all that nonsense, bruv. Like, <laughs> these guys are efficient. Audi. Audi A. Audi 4. You call it what you want. <laughs> oh they get the job done. Oh, my God. So, in terms of um, standout players, I'm a bit stuck between two players. So, um, number one that really like, stood out to me was um, Vincent Abubakar. 
I think the yeah, way he's led out, that Cameroon <laughs> front line, I've been thoroughly impressed. I'm not going to lie, he's been moving me. January, we, we need a strike, man. Love, the love done it for you, didn't it? <laughs> hey, listen, yeah, yeah. You, you give us Broya and you you get a Bubakar. We'll see Boy, the, uh, I've got trade. That, 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 <laughs> the way he's, he's, he's lined up for, for, for um, Cameroon and just that celebration alone, <laughs> the celebration against Brazil alone, that was amazing. Shit. But in terms of my actual standout guy, Sofia and Amrabat. Sofia oh, yeah. and Amrabat. Mm. Yes, yes he, I love these shouts. This up. guy mm-hmm. has been quality for Morocco in the middle of, of the pitch. Absolute hey. quality. And he is hey, one of the biggest reasons. Me, he is one of the biggest reasons why I think tomorrow they're going to shock Spain. Listen. Because I'm not sure what they're gonna, how they're going to deal with his physicality. Because he can pass with the best of them and he, he has a technical ability to, to you know, bang out the best of them. But... He's also got that physical aspect, and the way you're playing against Canada, Canada, Belgium, and Croatia, I, I'm looking forward to his links to Spurs. So he's been linked to Liverpool recently, and apparently the yeah. price is only 30 million euros. Yeah, yeah Fiorentina and, Fier and Tina don't have a lot of money. He yeah. was linked to Spurs on the, during the summer, and I was like, I don't, I don't want him because mm. one, I don't know much about him. Yeah, and I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want nobody that you did. That, you did the FB ref, didn't you? You were like, you looked at, you looked, you looked at those charts, and those charts weren't green enough. I was, I was like, like, I was like, nah, I don't want like, this. His name, his name annoyed me because, like, every time I heard his name, I kept thinking, nah, why would I want a player who reminds me, whose name makes me sound like I am a bat? Like, I don't want that. <laughs> No, you know, you know what's no. so funny, yeah. You know what's so funny, yo. Whenever when I first came across him, you know, during the World Cup, because I wasn't, I, I wasn't really familiar with him, Fiorentina. I thought of his brother who played for Watford. So yes. I was thinking, yes, how is this guy? How is this guy transferred from being this well, shitty that's exactly winger to being I, this pyramid scheme things where they've just like sent him Bro. back to Italy, like moved the money or something. <laughs> Fab, I... Yeah, mate. The, the, the first time I saw him for Fiorentina, I was so confused because he looks so different to his brother as well. He's this big yeah. bald geezer, and he's there like this is Amrabat, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is Amrabat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he, a, he's he, been really he, good he for Fiorentina as well. Yes, he, he has. He has to be fair. You can't. You can't knock a man that's actually. He's actually performed. You can't actually knock a man for his performance. And um, yeah, that was a great. No, nah, man, great change time. that, Babs. Change that. You're making me. What? You're making me like consider this guy. As a, as a, hey, listen, man. A, if I made you consider him, that. maybe maybe Spurs have got to do the right for in, in January transfer window. We'll see. We'll see. Make that change. Make that change, <laughs> indeed. Um, tomorrow's pod will be a, a certified banger. Of course, you will have Mbappe updates. Um, and do Senegal have a little something cooking for England? Yes. Who knows? Oh, yes. Who knows? Yes. Yes. It's and Dio against yes. Maguire. Don't be surprised. Woohoo! Slaphead is in for one, boy. Don't mm-hmm. be surprised. <laughs> all right. All right. This is convict music. He should have been arrested in Greece anyway. So, like, listen. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. I'm all for controversy, yeah? So, yeah, man, this could be it. Oh, this could be it. Is it the seven o'clock game? Is it? Is it it's the seven o'clock, o'clock game, man? It is, yeah. They it's don't seven. have gay though. They don't have um Idrissa gay though. Oh, why? It's a yeah. big miss. A yellow card. Yellow card. Was it yellow card? I think why so. Is that stuff not wiped out after the group stages. I, I don't understand why they do it at the quarters. I think that's well harsh for the little teams. Yeah, what's that about? Yeah. Nah, that's, you have that's to fight. Rubbish. That's rubbish. They need to look into that freaking corrupt FIFA. 
Hmm. Yeah, for no, real. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say controversial controversial scoreline for tomorrow. I'm gonna say England go out on penalties. Really, mm. I personally, I, I think I think <laughs> I, I think love it gonna, so much as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not gonna be surprised if England just absolutely just destroyed them. I'm yeah, surprised, I mean, there's, there's always the potential. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't really been that impressed with Senegal so far, and with no, them missing their talisman in Mane, I'm not sure what they're gonna do. You know, but we've seen crazier things in the World Cup, and yeah. Yeah, I think, I think if, if, they're champions of Africa for a reason, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, I do, true, I do think true. if if England get an early goal, oh, then done. then yeah, yeah but if, if 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 Senegal can make it a scrap, then we don't like that. Not at all. Yeah, Our I best think, players go missing. I think if if it gets to... Oh, yeah. This, I, I'm painting the picture. 40 minutes. <laughs> nothing's really happened. You know, it's been a bit of a drag game. Senegal have a shot. Hits the bar. Woo-hoo! Second half kicks off. They score <laughs> straight off the bat. That's it. England's heads are going to go. Mm-hmm. They're going to equalise. But their head's got to go, yeah, and it's just going to be a scrappy game from there. And then it's, uh, you know, sweaty bum time in the first few minutes and we'll see who gets the winner. Uh, but, yeah, if England score within the first 10, 15 minutes, it's a punch-up. It's a real punch-up. It could be it could be bad. Yeah. It could go either way. Uh, I am hoping for a tussle because this is, this is the podcast network that is built off the foundation of a good tussle first and foremost, and we love it. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of World Cup Fracas. I've been your host, Chris, and I've been joined by Yao, Yak, and Babs. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bless. Thanks. Podcast Network.